Child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Yes, this is a big deal. I'm gonna be honest with you, right, Renee? This uh, this uh, technology shook me up this morning. Threw me off my game, man. My intro and everything. <laughs> Threw me off, but we gonna rock and roll, man. I'm so it's thankful. It's okay. For Yes, it's okay. Man. It's just a new way that we're doing business. You know, um, some people say that either you're going to get along with technology or technology will get along without you. So we are just working together to move in. And I think you're doing a wonderful job, Matt. So please, um, you know, we're going to just have a good time, a good conversation about some things that are going on in our community and, and how we can uh, help one another. So um, as I was sharing, uh, I uh, was born at Mercy Hospital. Um, I'm a native of St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, Mercy Hospital was the only place where African-Americans could go for services for quite some time until we could then go to Mound Park, which is now Bayfront Medical Center. Uh, my mom walked down the sidewalk and, and went home with me to 512 Jordan Park, a two-bedroom apartment. Um, I'm the baby of 12, seven girls and five boys. All of us are living except one, save one. My oldest sister passed away of cancer in 1998. Uh, the community knew her as VR, Vanetta Robinson. She went to Gibbs High School uh, and, uh, you know, had a lot of energy in her, um, was a fighter. Maybe that's where I get some of it from between her and my mom, was a fighter. Um, but I do miss her uh, a lot. Um, I went to local schools here. Uh, I went to Starling uh, for my formative years um, and then ended up going to Jordan Elementary only for one year. Um, and then busing came. So I ended up uh, having to go to Westgate Elementary. And I will tell you, uh, I have very good memories of going to Westgate, but I also have very vivid memories of the first day of school. Uh, my father had a car. We were one of a few families that had a vehicle. And my mom and dad took off work that day and they followed the bus to Westgate Elementary School to make sure that we were safe. Because prior to the first day of school, there was a meeting in the cafeteria to um, try to bridge the gap and, and, and pave the way and soften the ground for the fact that African-American children were, be, were going to be attending a school that was once all white. Uh, and it wasn't all good, I remember it vividly, but there was one family that sat next to us, the Van Camps. And Kimberly Van Camp became my best friend in second grade and we're friends until this day because her mom and dad looked all past color and wanted to say, we don't feel the way that some people do. We want to reach out. I mean, they let me spend the night at their house close to Kennedy City. Back then, that was unheard of. And even uh -oh. now, yeah, that was unheard of. Um, I went to Azalea Middle School. Uh, I became the first African-American president of student council there, uh, wow. which was, was, was a big thing, you know, because I had to have the support of white students and black students. And while I got my taste for politics through my parents, that really gave me the jello. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. The flavor, you know, because I had a campaign. I made money with my face in it. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I purchased gum and candy and made little packets and handed it out. You know, I had my friends uh, campaigning for me when we could during uh, lunch periods and stuff. And so I won and that was fabulous. But also in winning, um, I have family members who were my teachers there, Mr. Livingston Albritton, who I love, Miss mm -hmm. Martin, um, uh, Reverend Pastor Welch, who has now passed on to glory, but he was the science teacher there. Um, wow. And so they required, they didn't let me slip. You know, I was mm -hmm. in advanced classes. I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to hang out, but they wouldn't hear it. They would not allow my parents to take me out of those advanced classes you need to stay in here and you challenge yourself because we know you can do the work. And while I didn't like it then, I am so glad that they did it because right now I'm working on my doctorate. I have only a few classes left and I will be Dr. Renee Flowers. Um, and I'm not doing that just for the title. I'm doing it because it's something that I want. Something that I have to show for myself that learning is a continued process. Yeah. It never stops. And whenever yeah. you say that you stop learning, then something's wrong because every morning that you're given the breath by God to breathe, you can learn yeah. something. Um, you know, I, 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 one of the things that um, I looked at, I, I looked at your pathway uh, through education and we have some similarities because I, um, I did attend TCC 
you know, and I had a really like my one of my favorite teachers ever um, was a right uh what what you call it literature teacher at that time right and he instilled in me he took he the first day of class he was so strict and so mean uh, that I, I considered dropping it but um, I stuck with it because I like to write and he saw something in me and he told me he said man listen. You have a skill set, man. You can write. Bottom line, TCC was one of my favorite. Then you moved on to Eckert. I was in the, um, they had a Pell program at Eckert briefly. That's what I graduated so, from. <laughs> yeah. So I see, but also what I noticed about your path, right, Renee, is through all of this, you had to work. You had, you had three children of your own. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to navigate that. So I was looking at your path. And one thing I know about you is just you have a relentless drive, right? And also one day I asked you, um, what energy pills do you take, right? Because <laughs> I was on a dose of those. Where does that relentless like drive come from? Well, my mother, uh, my grandmother, um, she cleaned houses for a living in Snell Isle. She worked for the Rutland family and for um, another family. Uh, out there that was very wealthy and very prominent. And my grandmother only had a third grade education. But what she did, and she's one of 18, wow. but what my grandmother did and my great aunts and uncles, they saved money so that those of us that were coming after them could go to college. My Aunt Mary Bell Emanuel was the only one of that 18 that received a college education and she never had children because we became her children. Mm -hmm. And so for me, stopping is not an option. For me, giving up is not an option because if my grandmother were still alive, my behind would be no option. <laughs> you know? right, right. Um, and so I just feel like there is so much more to do and I've got to do it while I still have breath in my body. I don't want to look back on my life and say, I wish I could have, would have, should have. Yeah. There are yeah. times when maybe I've made the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And so I have to apologize for that and try to correct that. But I don't ever want to say that I could have been on the front line and I chose not to. Or I yeah. could have done this, but I was too busy. God is never too busy for us. He hears our right. prayers all the time. And so um, I don't want to say, well, while I'm on this side of the living, I want to say I'm on this side of the living and I'm doing it. You want to know what my energy pills are? My energy pills are that every day I get up and if I see uh, something that maybe was a negative the day before, but we were able to get somebody fed, we were able to get somebody's rent paid, we were able to uh, get somebody's car repaired, we were able to stop a child from um, going down the wrong path uh, and having them go through a diversion program so that they don't have a record. When I can get up every day and see that, then it gives me the energy pill I need to get up the next day and do it again. Um, and so for me, it's, it's just giving up is not an option. It's not an alternative. It's, it can't be in my language. Uh, you know, in some African villages, the word can't does not exist. I, sir, I went 11 days uh, in Ghana just working on some affordable housing when I was president of the Florida League of Cities and getting to learn their culture. I became, became uh, queen mother of the village of Accra, which is a wonderful honor. Uh, they presented me with such beauty. Uh, I have a CD of over 3,000 um, uh, photos and videos of my time there. Um, but the word can't does not exist. It, it doesn't. And so you don't have an option. And that's our heritage. So if they don't have an option with the little bit that they have, I don't have an option to quit with all that I have. Absolutely. And then, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. Um, I want to like, I want to talk to you about a part of you that probably rarely comes up in these spaces. You are the mother of three beautiful children. Uh, all of them doing their own thing, doing their thing, you know, successful. Shout out to you for that. Congratulations. Um, but how do you feel about everything that's going on? You know, this movement, the George mm -hmm. Floyd deal, and mm -hmm. like your perspective has to be somewhat unique because you are a mother still in the trenches. You can't get out of that. 
but mm -hmm. yet you have elevated yourself to be in some spaces that many black mothers are just not in. So give me a little, like describe that. And then also give me your thoughts on what you see in this movement. Well, I have, uh, my oldest is a, a young lady, Kaisha, and I have two sons, Joshua and Jeremy. And um, what I want to say to any mothers that may be watching this right now or think about it later, do not think that I'm a mother excluded from the hardships of uh, young men making the wrong decision and then having to uh, find themselves in a position where they are incarcerated. Um, my son, Jeremy, and I've said this publicly, I'm not ashamed. I was disappointed, but not ashamed because they're both still my sons and I love them. And I'm saying to the mothers, love your sons. I don't care how hard they push back. I don't care about the lip talking and trash talking that they talk. You stick in there because that's what people want you to do is give up on them and turn them over to the street. So don't do it because I don't even now. But um, my son, Jeremy, uh, ended up getting arrested in a... Um, a drug sting that was going on in the community. Um, and I tell everybody, I work hard. I've worked two and three jobs. And right now, uh, even being in a political office, I don't just uh, work in a political arena. I have a full-time job and I own my own business. And I donate the majority of my paycheck from my elected offices to the community. So I have always worked and instilled that in my children. But they made the wrong decisions. Jeremy um, had to go away to prison, not jail, prison. And Joshua got in some trouble. He did his time in Pinellas County Jail. I did not condone what they did. I never said they didn't do it. I didn't try to make excuses for them. Right. I loved them through the issue and I encouraged them through the issue. And I worked with them when they got out because we all know how hard it is once you get that felony record to find a job. You can't even fill out an application for a place to stay. Yeah. So I am so thankful that with the city of St. Pete, they banned the box. And now we, we need to work on that with landlords because these individuals get out of prison. We tell them to go get a job, get a place to stay and take care of themselves. Well, they can't get a job because they have a felony record. So their application goes in the job in the trash, but not so much now. They can't get a place to stay because they check on there that they have a felony. And if they run their background, they'll see that they have that. So they won't rent to them. So what do they do? They go back to what they know. Right. They go back to a, a, a community that may not be right, but it embraces them. And so I love my sons through all of that. Exactly. I make them work for whatever they want. If they want to borrow two, three dollars from me, it's called come rake my grass, trim my hedges, yeah. paint my walls. You're going to work for it. But I don't give up on them. I don't, and I won't give up on them because that's what Satan wants you to do. And that's what sometimes the world wants you to do. I refuse to turn my grandson and my sons over to a system because they make money for that system. Right, prisons right, right. are private prisons. That's a corporation. And so every time a black man or woman lays in a bed, they're making money for them. I'm not going to keep um, uh, patronizing that. I'm going to do whatever I can in whatever capacity to keep those beds empty. So and that's shout the story. Out. Yeah. Shout out and to my sons uh, embrace Matt, by the way. Matt did yeah. a little talking. He did a little talking when we first met. I said, Matt, I want to introduce you to my sons and yeah. I want my sons to know your story. And and Matt shared that story at Wildwood in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and they found that they had a lot in common and much respect. Much respect. Yeah. And so I want to thank you, Matt, for doing that for me. Man, and I just want to give you a shout out, man, because they're two beautiful people, man. I don't know much about your daughter, right? Other than if I had to describe her, I would say bossy. <laughs> you know, uh, I but watched you know some what? Of the... <laughs> is quiet. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, if you don't get to know her, you'll think she's uppity, but she, yeah. she feels you out. Kaisha's yeah. not someone who embraces. Oh, she's always very, very. Nice. So just shout out to you as a mother. Shout out to them boys. You know, I really uh, hit it off with Jeremy. We, you know, we don't communicate as black males as, as much as we should. And we don't even realize how much we have in common, right? So let me ask you this, right? Just from a mother's perspective in a system, system like our whole fight is for equity. In the school, on the school board, the fight is for equity. Um, in, in economics, it's equity, you know, policing is equity. Where, like, being a mother of a Black boys, specifically Black boys, right, what do you see from your vantage point uh, 
in terms of where we are systemically and where we need to be? Um, black men are still feared mm. simply because of the color of their skin. If you add to that height, mm. weight, and you put a young black male in an environment where there may be persons of other races, white people, who uh, may not be as tall, may not be as large. Um, they judge that person based on fear rather than getting to know them as a person. So there are preconceived notions before that black man ever opens his mouth. There are preconceived notions before that black woman ever opens her mouth. I don't support wearing the low hanging pants, but if you see a black male walking down the street with another group of black males, dreads, pants hanging, hoodie, the interpretation or the thought process from some people is they must be up to no good. They don't have an education. They don't know how to communicate. When in fact, every last one of those young men in that group are college in college or college bound. Some have their own businesses. And so from the very beginning, from 400 years plus, when we were brought over here and made fun of as it relates to our appearance, our broad noses, our big um, lips, uh, uh, our men who are strong and masculine and who are men, they are men's men, you know, they're fierce. So you, if you add on to that an educated black man, yeah. oh my gosh, a number one weapon. Because not only do you have the presence, right? right not right. only do you command an audience, but now you know how to maneuver through the system that we've been introduced to. Not the one that we created, but the one that right. we've been introduced to. And so now it's, oh my gosh, that's competition. That Because if a black man can dream, look at the inventions that we were able to come up with when all along we were withheld an education or the ability to read English. We were educated from where we came from. Swahili, speaking our native language. We knew that, but we didn't know the English language. So once we began to master that, we became poets, artists, scientists, builders. When you look at Washington DC built by the strong hands of black people. So that that place that's on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue now, Black Lives Matter, that was built by black hands, yeah. by black hands, black men who are Masons. So I, I, I just see such beauty and awesomeness in us. And the way to take away that is to try to take away a man's uh, ability to think of himself as a man. Mm -hmm. And when you wow. do that, then mm -hmm. you have that man second guessing himself. But I think in the Black Lives Matter movement that has been going on for years, and especially in what we see now with George Floyd's death, which really just turned that teacup completely over, young Black men, young Black women are saying, you know what, every year we give you an opportunity. Every time somebody is murdered or killed uh, by a police officer or vigilantes like what they did with Aubrey, um, you say that uh, you want us to let the court system handle it, right? And so we put our trust in justice, saying that justice is blind. Well, justice is blind, but justice is not deaf. Right, right, right. And so right. Um, now it's, you know what? You guys aren't doing it, so we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to accept your empty promises anymore. We're going to do it. And that's what you see all across, not just the United States of America, Matt, the world, the world. Mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And and I think of George Floyd, uh, his death, I'm about to get teared up. I think of his mm -hmm. death as um, he was the ultimate martyr. Yeah. He, yeah. he did not want to die. And to hear those words from him, Wow, as a mother. I can't, yeah, as a mother. I, I can't, I can't, if that were my son, oh my gosh. Yeah. He was the mm -hmm. martyr that tipped that cup. Yeah. And it is so sad that that black man had to lose his life to tip the cup. So now wow. we have a responsibility to make sure that when that cup is turned back over, it's full. And it's mm -hmm. full so that people don't have to suffer like that anymore. Are you, are you, um, if you can say something like, because like the people that are protesting are people from all walks of life, all, all ages, walks. literally. What like, like the, to those who don't like have the political experience, what like, what kind of advice would you give them in terms of 
um, making their demands known? And what is it like a demand like that you should like from where you sit? What is a demand that we should make as as people? That's a no brainer, you know. A demand that's a no brainer is is that police are held accountable for their actions. Mm. That's a no brainer. We talk about standard operating procedures that police officers are to follow. Um, but if they are not held to uh, the account, it doesn't matter about standard operating procedures. And it doesn't matter about the rule of law if they're not held to account. If you and I mess up on our jobs and it's something that is a fireable offense, we're fired. We're held accountable. Mm -hmm. um, and so the eight um, is great uh, standards. No brainer, no chokehold. We see that in wrestling, you know, some of it is acting, but yes, you can cut off oxygen and blood to the brain when suppressing oh, yeah. the carotid artery. And if mm -hmm. done too long, held too long, it, it eventually results in death. That's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. um, why would you shoot someone who's running away from you? You're athletic, chase them, hit them with the zap gun. If you have their ID, you know where they live. And it's mm -hmm. only going to be a matter of time before you catch up with them. So it doesn't require for you to shoot them in the back. Remember during the Western days, that was the worst thing you could do to somebody was shoot them yeah. in the back. You were called a coward if you shot now someone in, in the back. Now in, in the most civilized country in the world, this is what we have going on. Yeah, wow. so so it's 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 very easy. And, and I think that the young people are articulating, you know, they've expressed their anger and we still have mm -hmm. marches going on protests and, and I support those. Um, and so now we're down to, we're at the table. I believe you've been asked to be a person with a seat at the table who can also articulate uh, some of the concerns and comments uh, since you've been out there um, walking with the young people. I saw you, you know, and you've mm -hmm. been saying, hey, look at these individuals, white, black, a Asian, Hispanic, mm -hmm. uh, spanning across cultures. And that's something that Dr. Martin Luther King and Ralph Abernathy and others did, Andrew Young. Um, it was, he said, whoever believes that yeah. black people deserve to be treated like humans, meet us in Selma. He didn't no. say all black people meet us in Selma. He said, whoever believes. And so people mm -hmm. showed up from all walks of life. And that's what we're seeing now. People mm -hmm. who believe that we should be treated, black people should be treated mm -hmm. as humans. And if you don't believe that, then you need to check yourself because Amen. we're not going away. We're here. And we're demanding those things that we should be entitled to. We shouldn't have to ask for the civil rights bill to be voted on every year. We should not still be a part of the Department of Commerce because we were slaves bought and sold as a produce, as a product, as something that you buy and sell. We should just have that period point blank. It shouldn't even be a conversation. But what are we doing? Every year we have to go back. Every year we wow. have to go back and address the civil rights um, legislation. So, you know, we still in some places are thought of less than two thirds of a man. But yes. what we do have is 100% of the vote. All right. Amen. On that note, folks, listen, we are talking to the one and only, you know, Renee Flowers. She is here specifically to talk about uh, reopening schools, but I thought it not robbery to take this moment to really get to know some things about about behind the person that you see on a day-to-day -day basis serving the community. Uh, this is Matt B. live on 99 Jams, the Bird Radio, and we are with Renee Flowers. I think we're going to shift gears, right? Renee, I'm going to be honest about something, right? Mm -hmm. There's not many people in this city that, um, well, there's a lot of, lot of, especially a lot of women that I really hold in high regard, right? But, uh, you're one of those people that um, I pick my words wisely with, right? And I was sort of intimidated about talking about this because I thought you and I did not see eye to eye on this. So I know you, you want to talk about the school reopening, but we got to touch on a little bit of politics. Mm -hmm. And I think people that are watching both of us would uh, maybe call me a coward if I didn't address this, right? So we're going to talk about petty politics of South St. Pete. And I know you've been seeing it from the rooter to the tutor for years and years, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we had a conversation. We had a conversation offline because I thought you and I did not see eye to eye on something. But tell me, right, 
and I, I want to get to what we agreed upon, but I want us to have some dialogue on, on some things. Uh, what do you see that we could do better politically here? You know, in, in terms of collaboration and strategizing. Well, let me tell you, um, I um, when I got into politics, it was because Louis Philiou, um, when I purchased my home in 1993 and got involved with the Neighborhood Association and wanted a park, I wanted a, a park to be close because my children were nine, six, and three and crossing Fifth Avenue to get to Child's Park Recreation Center was dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I was married at the time, we had one car. So if he was using the car for work, we had to walk, you know, or what have you. And so that's one of the reasons why I got involved with the Neighborhood Association. It was selfish, but it also was to support other parents in the community. And so um, as a result of, of that, that participation, um, and I've known, I had known Mr. Philly all my life. He went to school with my parents. Um, he said, you know, have you ever thought about running for office? And I said, I just bought a house. I have three small children. I'm working at John and Ruth Clark. I'm, I'm in school. I'm trying to, to move myself. And he said, well, you know, there's a difference between a politician and a statesman. He wow. said, and if you run, you need to be a statesman. And I'm encouraging to do so. And so he began grooming me. He began sharing with me um, the, the things that were going on at City Hall that perhaps the community wasn't necessarily aware of. He mm -hmm. started uh, making sure that I knew what departments did what. Uh, he made sure he was inviting me to different things in the community that I had not been aware of uh, so that people could see I've always been here. I just hadn't traveled in those circles. I was doing the work I could do at the time for HIV and AIDS because I started working and the black community was so um, affected by uh, being diagnosed with HIV and AIDS. And so Dr. Uh, Mr. Philly, you called him Dr. Philly, he worked with me, he introduced me to other people and I embraced what they were saying to me. I ran for office with his advice, City Council District 7, which was the seat he was retired. Right you said, hold on, you said something very important. Two things, right? Number one, he was an elder. He identified mm -hmm. you, right? Mm -hmm. And then you ran per mm -hmm. his advice. So mm -hmm. you, saw, advice. you didn't just jump out there and say- Folks, I don't know if you can hear me, but there I'm is here. a call coming in that I want to talk to you guys. Can you, if you can hear me, I'd like to put a call yeah. through. And you want to put a call through? through. Sister yeah. uh, Renee, go mm -hmm. ahead. Yes, you got it, Dundee. Caller, mm -hmm. how you doing? Uh, good morning. I was just listening to the program, and uh, I want to say to Renee that she might not remember me, but when we were living in Jordan Park, when uh, she was a little girl, a little baby. Wow. My sister used to uh, babysit her, and uh, we have a lot in common now because her nephew is my grandson. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, you knew me when I was skinny. They used to call me Twig. And uh, uh, you were first born, and you know we go back a long ways. Even though, you know, uh, we're still here. But I've been following your uh, career so far, and I thank you. That. that uh, that uh, you're doing a a fantastic job. You you don't know how you just blessed me this morning. Yeah. <laughs> you that, just blessed me this morning. Thank you. Yes, sir. What, oh, my what's, Lord. Your, uh, what's your name, sir? And I want to say first of all, thank you so much for calling. Thank you so much for listening to 99 Jams the Bird Radio, and thank you so much for uh, calling in and giving us a shout out. What's your name, sir? My name is Lauren. I've been a citizen. St. Peter all my life. All his life. Yep. Man. Well, uh, Mr. Lawrence, thank you so much for calling. Is there anything you want to say to uh, to us? Is there anything you want to see us uh, do? Anything? You, how do you feel about everything that's going on right now in this community? You must have, uh, if you're a lifelong resident, you have seen this city grow. You have seen this city mature. And then you also have seen some things that haven't changed much. How do you feel about what's going on today? At the time I've been on this earth, I came I came through the civil rights era, 
there's been a lot of changes. There's, there's been a lot of good changes. Uh, what I really would like to see happening right now is 22nd Street, the deuces come back. Yes. 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 So much yes, sir. Uh, we've been talking about building affordable apartments, affordable housing, and we keep doing this in all of our uh, elected uh, leaders right now. They're not speaking up for the black community, and especially uh, redeveloping 22nd Street. That's one of the that's one of the main things. But I I I am so thankful that we have uh, Renee as she's running for the school board and uh, other areas. Just keep doing what you're doing. I, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with the radio stations. Uh, and I'm, hey, I'm going to support you and, and listen to Well, Mr. Lawrence, I want to say thank you so much. And you please call anytime. I'll be on there so many uh, wonderful shows. I'll be on every Thursday at 9 a.m. And uh, I wrote down that you are very interested in the redevelopment of 22nd Street. And um, Let's follow up on that, Mr. Lawrence. I appreciate it. you can call anytime. Uh, look me up on Facebook if you're on Facebook, Mr. Lawrence. I'm similar to you. I'm, you know, I'm from the era where we didn't have all this access, but uh, I'm enjoying learning about technology. I don't know if you have Facebook, but we're really active in a lot of different places. I just want to say thank you, Mr. Lawrence. I can't thank you enough. You made my day. I might cry on here this morning, Mr. Lawrence. I'm gonna tell. Um, Tony, Eric, I gotta tell them that um, you you show, you tuned in today. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, I tell you, I, I, I let me say this before I go. I'm so proud because I watch you grow. Uh, I can witness what you are saying, and you're honest, you're sincere, and I just want you to keep doing what you're doing because you're really an important. Uh, a part of this community and through people like you we can see St. Pete and Pineapple County grow. Thank you Mr. Lawrence. You you were a part of the village. It took a whole lot of people to raise us up in Jordan Park because you know they used to really talk down about us um, but when I see the potential that has come out of Jordan Park and what the potential is there right now. Um, mm. Thank you Mr. Lawrence. That's all I can I can say. Ooh, y'all got me crying this morning. <laughs> yeah, now, you know, when 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 you're when you're in service, Renee, mm -hmm. there's that is the I know how you feel right now. I, I know exactly how you feel right now because this is what this is the passion. This is what like you know, we were just getting ready to get into po petty politics, and Mr. Lawrence called and redirected us to show us the power of See what God does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he directed us. You know, I just, I'm just going to share. Um, so you may, so I just want to give you ample time to talk about what. But you I do want to answer about. your question. I want to answer your question because um, if you don't mind, Matt. Um, yeah. So I was asked to serve. Now, one of the reasons when I was term limited uh, that I opened my own company mm -hmm. uh, is because someone showed me how to do it. Mm -hmm. They came to me, they talked to me, groomed me, um, made sure that my finances were ready, asked me about my background, making sure that if anything came up, I could answer it, prepare mm -hmm. me um, not to fly off the handle, you know, just to remain calm, research, study, uh, not just issues in your community, but how does that tie into all the other issues in the city? Um, you know, Robert's Rules of Order, uh, reading a budget, uh, uh, aggregating how to look at a budget and, and, and determine, you know, uh, Mr. Philly, you used to always tell me, don't tell me about what we can't do. Let's talk about how we can make it happen. I, I implemented that. Um, and so I started putting myself out there to people saying, if you want to run for office, let me know and let me share with you what was given to me um, so that it'll make your path a little bit smoother. And I have mentored, I still mentor. Um, yeah. 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 I've run campaigns. 
for African-Americans. I've encouraged young people to run. I don't hold the keys to the responses or to the data. But um, I, I do that because I want people to be successful. I want them to be prepared because when you get into this world of politics, all things are open season, depending on the race you're running. And so I want people to know that. Um, I try to talk about a farm, not in, in, in an animal, but a farm team. Who do we have coming up that can run for office that's ready so that when that office becomes available, they already have started raising money because it takes money. They've already uh, been getting involved in the community because it takes that. They've already built relationships. They didn't just start attending church because they're running for office. They've always been there. Right. Right, then start right. showing up um, to, to the radio station and, and kudos hats off because my friend Don, I've known Don since um, I worked with the coalition. He had a little small right. office on one side of the hallway. Um, I work for the coalition on the other side and Don has kept it going. Um, WRXB is not with us anymore, but Don's here. Don has kept Absolutely. it going. So shout out to him. Everybody uses radio station. Even for Don, I tell candidates, you need to go to Don's radio station Pay for some air time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So it's it's um it's about uh you know having that conversation because when we look at other parties, that's what they do. They talk about and every now and then they may have two or more in the race, but every now and then, um, but to have that conversation about okay, so um, not that we're cherry picking, but who can we all rally behind as a community, uh, and then work with them, knowing that we won't always agree. You know, right. I've never told anybody that I'm going to run for office. And when I get elected, it's because I agree with everything you say. I never say that. What right. I promise you is I'm going to do the best job we can. So I think that's what you're referencing. How yeah. do we come together as a community um, and, and work with a person? And, and when we do that, then we don't have to just run for an office that is district specific. We are now setting up representatives from the African-American community to run countywide and win. Yes. And you and know, that was, that was such a relief for me because first I thought we were on opposing sides and we're not, you know, in, in, a, in a particular, in this specific race right now that has, is showing the potential to be ugly. We are not on opposite sides. Um, you are, you told me you were neutral and that was a, a relief for me because you know, I'm like, I was like quietly going through it with people like, I don't understand this, but what the consensus you and I quickly came to in that conversation was that we can prevent these types of things from happening if we have conversations well before. And I'm just, I'm a, I'm a big proponent. Of that. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I want to advocate for that. But right, what I won't do is allow myself to get out of character to make that happen because right. that's when it gets messy and you know just to say something to uh young politicians and i don't know echo if you agree but you have to be leery because in politics people are watching the black community and some people are out there just thriving on our, our division and we just got to be careful for that you know what i mean they thrive on it and then they that lessens our credibility when we go to the table because uh, you know. So I was just very happy that we agreed on that. But um, talk a little bit about uh, your as you know you as I um, I thought about the questions that I wanted to ask you right, and you you made it very clear nothing is off limits. You know, ask you anything. I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but there is some uncomfortable conversations. Like some people are saying that it's not a good move for you to walk away from one seat to run for another seat. You want to talk a little bit about that? And get yeah. Well, um, I haven't heard that. So I'm glad you're sharing that because I've gotten really uh, positive uh, comments uh, when I uh, put my name in the hat officially to run. So let me share for those who may not know. In 2008, um, I was term limited in January. January 8, 2008, I was term limited from um, uh, city Council, St. Petersburg City Council. And uh, at the time, the Tampa Bay Times had written an article about the persons that they felt would be best suited to run for mayor. Those three people was myself, Bill Foster, and Jamie Bennett. Wow. 
and I had said, and you can pull the article, um, I had said that- This was 2008? 2008. Wow. And I had said that um, if I did not run for mayor, that I would support someone else for mayor. And I looked at what is in my heart and affordable housing has always been in my heart. I grew up in Jordan Park the whole while I served on city council. I chaired the community development block grant. Wait a minute, um, you was coming from city hall, going back home to Jordan Park? Yay. And that's um, as real as it get, dog. watch out. <laughs> and, um, wow. and so I, I said, I want to remain in a position where I can continue to push those dollars for affordable housing and for economic development, because then um, we were going through the process of buying up a lot of properties to build Sweet Bay, to do the store, the grocery store. We um, were we purchased all of those properties along 22nd Street to make way for Job Corps. I mean, a lot was going on in the Black community, Hope Six. Um, I asked our Arians to help me save uh, the building, which is now the Dr. Carter G. Woodson African American Museum. He said, Renee, I don't have the money to run it, but I got the money to um, help save it and renovate it. He gave me 50000 That's how we were able to keep that building. So I wanted to stay in that vein. So I ran for county commission in 2008, presidential year. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it was a hard race because again, county commission deals with what? Affordable housing, economic development. They have the small business development center. So I ran, um, I had a democratic opponent. Um, she didn't know that I was interested in running for the seat. I had been sharing with people in the community in my sphere of influence that I wanted to run for that seat. Um, I won the primary, I lost the general against Nancy Bostock. That was the year that the Tea Party came on board. Rick Scott became governor. Uh, uh, Barack Obama became president. So that was right. that made me feel better when I lost my right. race. <laughs> wow. Um, but I always stayed involved. I didn't just stop. You know, I stayed involved in housing issues, economic development issues. I worked full time. I began working and managing candidates in the community and getting them elected. I was successful. Nine candidates I ran at one time and all I had one that lost their race. And that was Calvin Harris. He was running for county commission in North County, Palm Harbor, East Lake area. It was difficult. So um, uh, I ran the, ca the campaign for Lewis Lou Williams for school board. Right, right. Um, and he won. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, he passed away very unexpectedly two years into uh, his seat. So the governor appointed someone that was Glenn Gilzine, and then it was up for a special election. So I said to people in the community, you all find a person that you want, and I'll manage their campaign for free. That's what wow. I said. Those individuals said, we thought you'd do it. I said, well, school board really wasn't on my radar. See, that's so, you know, you know what? That's so important that people know that. People have no idea. People run off at the mouth. Exactly. Don't know that. Exactly. Wow, okay, I'm sorry. Exactly. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was, you could finish what Lou started in his platform. Lou's uh, tagline was keep the main thing, the main thing. It was education. Um, you know, we had had a lot of topsy-turvy, um, yeah about education. There was a lot going on. They were still going back and forth with the Davis Bradley lawsuit. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so um, I told him, I got to think about this because that wasn't on my radar. But after this I spoke, I, after I, yeah, the, the county commission seat was, and I said, I wasn't going to run against Kim Welch. Kim Welch was currently serving in the seat. He was doing a good job in the seat. I want to do whatever I can to support him because I don't want to do that either. I don't want to jump up and run against someone who's doing good work. So I was waiting. I was waiting. I didn't know when that day would come, but I was waiting. But in the meantime, I said, let me work to get Black people elected in other offices. And that's what I did. So when I had a conversation with Miss Arthurine Williams, the widow of Lou, Lou Williams, after I had a conversation with her, that's when I ran for the office. Wow. I went down Lou's checklist, everything that was on Lou's checklist that he said he wanted to accomplish, I worked on those things first. Mm. After I accomplished that, then I started mm. working on things like, you know what, our students deserve a better building to go into. So it was finding the money and getting my colleagues to support 
of rebuilding Melrose, rehabbing Lakewood, looking at how we're um, recruiting minorities because we really weren't diving into um, historically black colleges, making sure that our recruitment team reflected the community. So hiring more African-Americans and Hispanics in our recruitment and talent uh, department so that they could go out tapping into um, my um, one of the programs they have for uh, recruiting African-American males that started out of Clemson University, um, and they utilize it big time to draw. Uh, working with University of South Florida and their education department, tapping into them early saying, who are you identifying that we could tap into that will come back and work in our community with some of our most struggling students and also be able to be reflective of our community and work with our parents and get them to buy into um, education and get the Department of Education, Pinellas County Schools, to buy into the public, into the community. Um, and so that's how I got into that particular seat. So you, so this is just you recentering your original game plan that Back was on housing. And I even school. incorporated housing into serving as a school board member. We own some properties that um, because of state statute, we have to have so much acreage in order to build a school. Mm -hmm. But we have some properties that don't meet that because if you recall back in the day, school sites were much smaller. Um, so we right. have some property in North County that we worked out an agreement. It's going to be affordable housing units for uh, moms who um, have experienced domestic violence right across the street partnering with our club. Our club is uh, going to open the educational component so that they can have their children right across the street getting the starter education that they need while they have a, uh, a place to live. Uh, working with uh, people out of Lelman because we have a school uh, property that we have been trying to work out an agreement with Nick Brill, Nick Brick, Brim, Benfield and others um, in, Lel in the Lelman area so that it could serve as a PAL operation on one side and have some social services on the other. So, you know, I've tried to bring that level of expertise and I'm grateful to my, um, I'm grateful to my um, colleagues for mm -hmm. allowing the dialogue and conversation and supporting me because that's not something that public education into. Um, so my heart has always been there and I've always worked on um, those elements when it comes to housing and when it comes to economic development and when it comes to small minority and women-owned businesses. And so Ken Welch decided that he was not going to run for re-election. He decided that he was going to run for another office. He's running for mayor. That's not a secret. And mm -hmm. so um, he knew I'd had conversations with him and Senator Roussan and other people mm -hmm. in the community. Right. I wanted to run for this seat. Um, yeah. And so those who are saying that maybe it's because they just hadn't been a part of the dialogue as we moved along, but that has been my 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 desire since 2008. It, it you just, know, that cleared up. That cleared up so much um, for me. And I've worked up close in the trenches with you. And I want to share this really quick. And you only got like five minutes left. I know you have oh, something Jesus. specific you want to do. You, do you want to do you want to come back and do it or do you want to uh, try to I do it? come back another day? Because I, I really yeah. want to. You have such a really good audience. And I really want to share with the public, um, for those who may not listen to our school board workshops or school board meetings, I want to talk about um, where the district is when it comes to reopening school. I want to share, um, and I'm, you know, uh, I love my colleagues and Dr. Grego, we get along very well. When we don't necessarily agree, it's done in a very professional way. Um, and so I just want to come on and share uh, some of the concerns. We see the numbers accelerating up over 100,000. Um, we, <laughs> Chataways, uh, my hamburger place, you know, yeah. had to close because someone has been diagnosed with COVID-19 there. And so I just wanna make sure that parents know, I don't want them to think, assume, hear from somebody else who heard it from somebody else. I want them to hear it from a person who's sitting at the table. I want them to be able to ask me questions and I wanna mm -hmm. be able to answer those questions. Um, and I wanna share with them how I feel because I have grandchildren who are in the why public. Don't we do, um, why don't we do this? Why don't we do some type of like town hall like that? Okay, you cool. know, I'm, I'm so I'm so fancy right now. I got a new Zoom thing and all that, you know. So let's do a town hall. I got a tab we do, for that. You know? We do, we could well, do we could do that. You know, I got a tab too, because you know I uh, running for <laughs> running for election. You know, I had to do that. But I'm happy to come back because I want the community yeah. to know. Um, some of you know, we had a survey that went out. Uh, someone right. made a comment. I wish more students. Um, actually, it was Corey Givens made the comment 
uh, on uh, the Tiger Bay form that he wished more students uh, had filled it out. We encourage students that that uh, survey wasn't just for adults. And we did have some students fill it out, but not as many as we had liked. So this would be an opportunity also for them to weigh in too if they didn't yeah, fill out the survey. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about having the technology because this bridges so many gaps. I just want to really share this, right? My connection to Renee Flowers is very personal because I've seen her up close and personal in the trenches. I know what she does for people. I know how hard she goes for people. If you have Renee Flowers on your side, you got somebody on your side that's gonna be with you through thick and thin. And I just wanna be very clear about that. You know, I have a personal connection. Everything that I do politically, I watch Renee, I model after Renee. I call Renee when I get opportunities. My first opportunity that I got on my own, the first call I made was to Renee. I remember we didn't have transportation one time and Ella and I were uh, in the campaign. We were all on the same team and we were driving Renee's car and we used to argue because nobody wanted to drive it because nobody wanted to be the one that wrecked Renee Flowers' car. But she is there for the people that she supports. She fights hard. I love her for that. And Renee, I'll give you the... Uh, Closing words, you got about two minutes. My closing words are, I just want to thank everybody um, for doing what they're doing through COVID-19. I want to thank um, all of the elected officials um, that um, have found a way to continue to provide services to the community throughout the pandemic. I want to thank all of the people who donated money to me to help. Um, and I also put in uh, money of my own so that we could feed the students and feed families in this community until Pinellas County Schools got its uh, feeding program up and running. If it had not been for you, um, I could tell you some of the uh, families and students wouldn't have been able to eat those few days because of the limitations yeah. of funding, financing and getting to the grocery store. So I want to thank you, community. You came out. You answered the clarion call. You've been there. Um, you've shown others that when rubber uh, meets the road, we, we don't we put aside all of the mess and we just help one another. And so that's what I want to say. Let's keep on doing that because when we do that, like what Mr. Lawrence is asking for, you know, we can see 22nd Street blossom like Central Avenue and downtown. But until we do that, we will continue to be fractured and we won't see the progress um, being made that we've seen other places. But I look forward to doing that with you. I look forward to doing that on your behalf. Um, and I just want to thank you, Matt Bird, for the platform, for your honesty, the integrity that you have and certainly the love that you have for your community. So thank you. Man, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this. I look forward to the next time. Everybody yeah. out there listening, man, I thank y'all so much for listening, man. Until the next time, y'all dream big. Listen, love more, pay attention, and be beautiful, man. This is your boy, Matt B. I love y'all. Till the next time. Thank you so much, Renee. Love you. Mwah. <laughs>